Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And um, as some of you know, those of you who follow me on Instagram at Astrology Now underscore podcast (laughs) on Instagram, um, I recently asked if it would be helpful to discuss the eight limbs of the yogic lifestyle of um, how to observe your life in such a way that you're living as a modern day yogi, so to speak. So some of you, the majority of you said that it would be helpful. I know that it's not based necessarily in astrology, though there are a lot of ways that astrology can relate to the eight limbs of the Ashtanga yoga method. Um, And I think that it's really interesting. And I think that it's along the lines of spirituality. Um, And so I decided that I would go ahead and and talk about it with you all. And so from the beginning, you know, you don't have to be spiritual to observe astrology. Astrology is a tool that you can utilize in your life, period. You don't have to be spiritual at all. Um, Though there are a lot of spiritual elements and spiritual um, indications. <laughs> I feel that if you study astrology long enough, you will become spiritual over time. Um, and the eight limbs of yoga, even, you don't necessarily have to be spiritual. It's really just kind of being a good person. So we'll go ahead and talk about them. We're not going to cover all eight limbs of the Ashtanga yoga method today. We're just going to cover the first two. And so the first two limbs of yoga are the yamas and the niyamas. And the yamas are more of guidelines and how to live our life in a way that is striving towards purity and goodness. Um, and niyamas are more of observances, okay, rules to live by. And so traditionally in the yogic practice, when young children are being raised to be yogis, they are taught these practices and they really aren't supposed to move on until they have these down. Okay. So these are like the fundamental building blocks of a yogic lifestyle. And so beginning with the yamas, which are the guidelines, we have ahimsa. And ahimsa literally means non-violence. And so the first thing that people learn on the yogic path is how not to be violent towards others or towards yourself. And so anything that you can think of during your day that may harm another living being, that is considered violence. Um, in this like ancient tradition. And so along the lines of nonviolence, this could be being rude to somebody, hurting somebody's feelings on purpose, hurting animals is also considered violence. And then negative self-talk, um, harmful thoughts, harmful habits. So consuming substances that are harmful to your body in the long run that can be considered a violent act. Um, And of course, I'm not telling you (laughs) to like not drink wine or beer. Trust me, I'm not saying that at all. 
But there is, as you know, there is a point where it can be harmful. And so that falls underneath the category of ahimsa and being nonviolent. And the way to observe nonviolence is, of course, treating others with compassion and respect, treating yourself with compassion and respect, showing gratitude um, and serving other people. And so the second yama is truthfulness. And so that would be satya. And so satya means telling the truth and it's really living in alignment with integrity. And so it's having integrity for yourself and living in such a way that you feel good about. And there are not aspects of your life that you're trying to hide. Um, When there are aspects of our life that we're trying to hide, there's either shame or guilt. And so satya or truthfulness is encouraging us either to do the work around that where we can embrace all parts of ourselves or cease with the habits that are not in alignment with who we want to be. It's forcing us to look at those aspects of ourselves, to be really honest with ourselves. And so this is also kind of like your inner truth. And it can fall under the category of masking your desire, right? Your desire to find truth. You know how sometimes we're sitting and maybe we get bored and then we decide to do something that may not be good for us. So it's like drinking or eating or having, not that sex is bad for us, but like maybe having sex willy nilly or like whatever, just habits that aren't necessarily good for us. And it gives us this temporary fix, but then in the end, we're not really happy. And so sometimes that's an inner calling, right? What our spirit is actually saying is like, Hey, I'm kind of bored. Why don't you sit (laughs) and be really mindful, which is not easy to do. Right. Um, but this would go along the lines of truthfulness is just being mindful and maybe occasionally listening to that voice, right? None of us are perfect. Then for the third yama, there is asteya. And asteya means non-stealing. So this would mean the traditional sense of the word, right? Don't steal from other people. And then it's also not stealing from yourself, So not stealing time from other people, not stealing other people's happiness, also not stealing your own happiness, not stealing your own time, Um, not self-sabotaging, oh my God, or having lack of faith in yourself. That is stealing. Um, If you have a dream and you don't think that you can accomplish it, you're stealing from yourself. And then we have brahmacharya, and this is... That brahmacharya literally means walking with God. And so this is the one where people shield their eyes and clench, okay? So brahmacharya is traditionally seen as actually ab- like abstaining from sexual activity. And my intention <laughs> is not to convince everyone to be a brahmacharya, okay? But this is the traditional practice. And so people really would observe a lifestyle that did not have sex. And as modern day yogis walking amongst the earth, (laughs) interacting with people on a daily basis, that isn't necessarily practical. And nor is it necessarily maybe the best thing for your life and your path. That may not be what your path is. And that's fine. There's still a way to observe this. And so that is being attentive to each moment. It's treating each moment with sanctity. It's also the idea of trying not to overdo anything, right? It's kind of like the non-excess, like trying not to overeat, 
trying not to overindulge, really appreciating each sip of water, really appreciating each bite of food, and abstaining from taking more than you need. And this applies to sex as well, obviously. And um, yeah, so brahmacharya is really living as if you are walking with God in each moment and trying to find the beauty and the sanctity for what each moment carries. And then we have a a parigraha, which is a parigraha, right? Um, Which is non-possessiveness. This one is really difficult to practice and also one of the greatest, at least in my experience, one of the best ways to reach where I want to be. (laughs) And so this is non-grasping. It's non-clinging. It's non-attachment. And so this doesn't mean that you're going to tune out and not be attached to your friends or not be attached to your partner or you know, not have possessions that you really appreciate and want. It means that these relationships and these objects don't own you. And you know that there is a purpose beyond these things. And that's you and your core essence and your purpose and your dharma. And dharma means your your life's purpose, your path, what you are destined to do. And so when we practice non-grasping, it keeps us so present in the moment. It keeps us present with our own feelings and our own thoughts and our own desires. And it keeps us from getting swept away from external stimuli and external forces that may sway us or change our opinion or change our thoughts. Um, And so it helps keep us really true to ourselves. So trying not to allow the possessions that we have to own us, not to live for possessions, and then also not to just totally give away our lives to other people as well, or to relationships, not to base our self importance and our self value on relationships. And so those are the yamas. That's the first limb of yoga. The second limb of yoga is niyamas. Okay. And so in the niyamas, our first is saucha and saucha is purity. And so I'm, you know, I'm not the type of person to say everything in your life has to be pure. This is bad. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't do this. Like that's not what I think is even really helpful. Um, But I mean, this is for what it's worth, right? I'm not like (laughs) a saint or anything of that nature, but I have been observing these practices for a really long time. And I've been um, practicing yoga and mindfulness for a really long time. And I think that there can be a healthy balance between these things that we're striving for. It's impossible for any human being to perfect these things. They're here as something to strive for. That's kind of like uh, the idea of Buddhism is that there are these rules and regulations that we know no one can actually meet, but we, we try anyway. And so this is more in um, South India beliefs, but I think that these rules can apply. So we have purity, which is saucha. And so that's keeping purity in your body, mind, your spirit, and your actions. And so the way I like to think of it with this is our five senses. And so all of our five senses are ways that we consume and intake information. And so if I'm listening to music and it's saying really bad things and um, maybe even like creating really bad emotion, that could be a form of 
poison. I'm poisoning myself in a sense. It's like, I know that this music isn't going to make me feel good. I know that this music is going to give me bad ideas. That's kind of going against the idea of this saucha. And so it's trying to consume things in every aspect that are good for us and keep our body pure, keep our mind pure, keep our mental state healthy. And so that also means exercising, going for a walk, working up a little bit of a sweat, taking care of our body hygiene, um, taking showers, brushing our teeth, making sure that our physical body is taken care of. The second niyama is santosha. I love santosha. Santosha is contentment. And so it's appreciation and gratitude for everything around us, for everything in the moment. And that's so hard to do a lot of the time, some of the time maybe for some of us, but the more that we can practice finding contentment in each moment, the easier it truly becomes or it can become. And it's kind of this idea again, like with this idea of boredom. Sometimes we're sitting and we're bored or we're standing in line and we're frustrated or what have you, um, taking a moment, reminding yourself of this idea of contentment or santosha. What in this moment can we be content with? Like, oh, well, it's raining outside and I'm in this store and I'm surrounded by nice people or, oh, I'm bored at home, but I'm here with my cat and I'm lucky enough to have a home. So just taking a moment to be mindful and grateful for what we do have. Three is tapas. which is actually really a personal favorite of mine, um, especially for those of you that know me personally. So tapas is self-discipline, and it also means heat. And so in um, yogic philosophy, we have this idea of agni. And agni is a fire that burns within us. And when we exercise, when we practice yoga, when we practice discipline, showing up every day to meditate, that stokes agony, the fire within us, and it purifies us from the inside out. So that's one way of what tapas is, is it's, it can be literally working up a heat in our body that kind of cooks us from the inside out <laughs> and purifies us. That's tapas. There's also the idea of tapas, of continuing to show up even if you don't want to. And this practice really is clear how it transforms from inside of your thoughts out into the world. And so let's say meditating, you show up, you meditate every day, even when you don't want to, you'll find, wow, like I can show up for people in my life, even when I don't want to, I can continue working on this project, even when I don't want to, I can continue doing these things, even when I don't want to. And discipline truly is necessary. It's so necessary in getting so many things in our life done. Um, And beginning a daily meditation practice can truly help develop so much discipline in our lives. Um, and so that's really top us, anything that changes us, repetition. And th- this could also be breaking through thought patterns, rewiring our mind. Uh, this is all top us. If you're going to therapy and you're doing continuous work on yourself to perceive the world in a different way, that's top us. Um, and then there is Svyadhyaya, which is self-study. And so this is really getting to know who you are and it's being keenly aware of your actions and your habits and your automatic thought patterns. (laughs) If you're familiar with CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, it's all around the idea of automatic thoughts. Um, And if you can get your automatic thoughts, magic begins to happen. That's like the basis of this uh, therapy. 
And so once you start noticing like, huh, why am I always thinking like I'm worthless? Where is that coming from? Oh my God. It's coming from always feeling worthless at home growing up. Like that's getting to the bottom of these automatic responses. That is self-study, being aware. Or even it could be, huh, I notice that I get up and I wander to the fridge (laughs) five times a day, even when I'm not hungry. You begin to notice these patterns in yourself so that you can begin to change them into your true self. And maybe these things are your true self and you don't want to change and that's fine. But, you know, I think many of us can agree that the basis of life is to evolve and change into the highest sense of ourself, the greatest sense of ourself. So self-study, taking responsibility for our own actions and our own mental, emotional disturbances, noticing those feelings that arise and where they're coming from, the thoughts that come with our feelings, the behaviors that come with our feelings. And then there is the fifth, which is Ishvara Pranidhana. And so this is the idea of surrender. And it's understanding that the universe takes the wheel. Okay, and I was saying that we don't necessarily need to be spiritual to observe these, which we don't. Um, You could see this as surrendering to God. You could see this as surrendering to the universe. This could just be surrendering to the moment. And maybe life has a different route for you. It can be as spiritual or non-spiritual as you want to make it. But this is the idea that you are an active participant in your life. You get to make decisions. You get to feel, you get to have relationship, you get to work, you get to do all of these things as you want, as you choose. And there is this greater thing that's going on. And ideally, we can learn to trust that everything happens for a reason. Um. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. My partner says something and I'm trying to remember what he says. It's like someone's rejection is the universe's invitation. (laughs) I can't remember what exactly it is, but it's really sweet. And it's something along those lines. So when things that are negative happen to us in life, if we don't get a job, if we don't get the relationship, if something happens that we don't want, sometimes the universe will open other doors for us. And so it's kind of just trusting that the universe has our back or that spirit has our back, whatever you'd like to call it. So those are the five yamas and the five niyamas, the first and second limbs of yoga and the yogic lifestyle. So if you have any questions, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to schedule an astrology reading with me, a Vedic astrology reading, you can email me at that Um, email address or go to my website innerknowing.yoga and please follow astrology now's instagram astrology now underscore podcast thank you so much and for those of you that are still listening i will be having a web-based vedic astrology training on december 13th and december 14th and so it's in just a few weeks here um On the 13th, we will be meeting from 5.30 to 8.30 Central Standard Time. And on the 14th, we will be meeting 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. And so it's six hours of training for $108. 
During this training, we will discuss the planets in depth, the planets and all of their qualities. We will discuss the houses in depth, the houses and what they represent. And of course, we will discuss the signs and sign rulership. And so really in this training, we're going to cover the very fundamental aspects of beginning to read a chart. And so this is very much geared for beginners. If you're interested, you're welcome to email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website or my Instagram. So registration is open for that. $108 for six hours of training for Vedic astrology. Thank you so much.